You're listening to the Ministry Grow Show, brought to you by Reliant Creative, the creative agency for gospel-centered ministries. Find out more at ReliantCreative.org. Welcome to the Ministry Grow Show, a podcast dedicated to helping churches and ministries grow and make more effective impacts for the kingdom of God in an ever-changing digital world. Whether you're building and growing a gospel-centered ministry or leading a church, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other ministry leaders, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking with Meredith the Priest and Lonnie Sawyer. Uh, Meredith is the Director of Operations and Lonnie is the Lead Pastor at Care Center Ministries. Guys, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. What is what is the mission and purpose of Care Center Ministries? Care Center Ministries uh, wants to strengthen the hand of the poor uh, through Christ-centered programs uh, such as men's and women's homes, uh, community center for at-risk youth, uh, and really feeding pantry, food pantry, different things that we do. Uh, the idea is to is to strengthen the hand of the poor in underserved communities. Okay, and and where are you guys located? How how far reaching is your work? So we are we are in Dallas, which is the home base where Care Center started, uh, but we're currently in six other states as well. Okay, and specifically, what states are you in and locations? Okay. We're in uh, we're in Mountain Home, Arkansas. We're in Memphis, Tennessee. We're in Jackson, Mississippi. We're in Ava, Missouri, and we're in uh, Springtown, Oklahoma. And okay, in, so you guys Oklahoma. are all over the place. Yes, sir. Yeah. Wow. And how long has been the organization been around? Started in 1986. Okay, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think we talked about this offline, but was it started by your father? Yes, sir. My dad, actually, our dad, uh, we're brother and sister. Our dad was the, uh, was one of the first recipients of care center ministries. Uh, he uh, was, okay. a, he was a drug addict, was on heroin, was, uh, bouncing from place to place. He had me and her with him. Uh, she was, uh, six, I was four and, uh, <clears throat> he was on the verge of losing us to CPS. Our mom was in prison. And, uh, and he just got to a place where he knew that he had to do something different. And so he reached out to the only Christian that he knew who knew another guy who had a heart to open his home and to help people by letting them come stay with him, uh, and to disciple him, just getting back to grassroots discipleship. Uh, and so me, my dad, and my sister showed up at this guy's house, um, in 1986 and, my dad and this guy really were joined together at the heart and um, began the process of discipleship. And through that relationship, Care Center Ministries was birthed. Um, and then okay. shortly, shortly after, the guy that invited us into his house transitioned out and turned the ministry over to my dad. Okay. Wow, that's quite the testimony. Yes, sir. <laughs> wow. So... Um, can you, can you describe some of the programs and services you guys offer within the ministry and, and how you help those in need? Yeah. So, um, the, the, the backbone of everything we do is the men's home, uh, in men's and women's home. Uh, they're called the race program and the tree of life. The race program is the men's home and the tree of life is the women's home. 
And uh, what it is, is it's a one-year faith-based discipleship program. Uh, and okay. it, it, it's, we don't focus on recovery and uh, dealing with addiction. We focus on regeneration of the spirit and the old man going away and the new man being birthed, living life in Christ. Um, and so that's, that's the basis of everything that we do. Um, and so we deal with addiction, not as like a chemical issue, but as a sin issue. Um, mm. and, and how, how, whenever we're made new in Christ, all the old identities and all the old stuff is gone, uh, and, and everything's made new in Christ. Um, and so that's that. And so the, the program's a year long. At the six-month mark, they have a choice to go to work and join the workforce, uh, or they we have a, a school for for leadership uh, and ministry that they have an option that they can be in, involved in. Um, that's the same for the men and the women. The, the The programs for the men and the women really focus a lot on uh, primarily, you know, making Jesus Lord of your life, uh, and then and then beyond that, uh, developing character and integrity and uh, work ethic and discipline. Um, and so the, those are come kind of some of the, the foundational things that we build on. And then beyond that, there's the food pantry that we have that's open twice a week here in Dallas. And we feed people. Uh, how many people do we feed? We feed on a typical week. Um, we feed twice a week and we feed between 110 and 120 families. We usually distribute about 5,000 pounds a week of a food twice a week. And so the food pantries of, is a, is obviously a, uh, a, a place for, 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 for giving people food. But beyond that, we want to strengthen the hand of the poor. And if there's not a strengthening aspect to the programs that we offer, then we realize that we're off of our mission because that's at the core of who we are. Uh, mm. the, offering people an opportunity to not only have, have a handout, but also be involved in the process. So we ask them to volunteer. We ask them to uh, take classes and we ask them to, you know, be participate in the process. Sometimes they end up going to church and all that, but not all the time. Uh, but, but as long as they, uh, we, we ask them to, to be a participant and be, to be a part of that way, it's not just a handout and we're not just right. enabling a, an entitlement mentality. So. So there's a participatory element to, to yes, that sir. process. Yes, sir. Yeah. Interesting. That's really cool. So that, that faith-based discipleship mentality is really what would separate you guys and, and distinguish you guys from other care centers or, or rehabilitation programs. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Everything we do is geared towards taking people forward. Um, we don't ever want to just, uh, tend to people where they're at. There are ministries in Dallas that do a great job of that. And we love them. We partner with them and it's awesome. I love what they do. It's just not what God's called us to do. Hmm. So we are a resource. One of your questions was, um, um, other, you know, how do we partner with other agencies? And there are agencies that are out, you know, taking care of the homeless and doing those types of things. And we partner with them. We're a resource for them. If they get somebody that's ready to do something different, then they give us a call and we take them in that day. Okay. So is, is that kind of a prerequisite to coming into, into your program? Is there's a desire, there's yeah. a spiritual element to their, yeah. to the growth that they'd like to see in their own life? 
Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we, we ask them in the interview process, uh, do you have a problem? Do you need help? And do you realize that Jesus is the only way to fix that problem? And mm. as long as they can answer those questions, then we take them in. Um, and so sometimes their answers are not just a straightforward yes. And so we got to weed through it. But as long as they, we have that base understanding coming in, because we're not going to, I'm not a psychologist. We don't have any psychologists on staff. We, we got the Bible and we got the Holy Spirit and, uh, and, and God just leads us into doing what, I mean, Jesus said, go you therefore make disciples. So we're just, just trying to do that the best we can. We've been doing it since, mm. you know, since we were kids. So. That's really cool. Yeah. So your your dad, as he started down this road and process with the guy, was the guy what was the guy's name that he met early on? His name was Leonard. Leonard. Okay. Mm-hmm. So him and Leonard were was Leonard discipling your father, or vice yeah. versa? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Him and there was a few other guys that were around the idea of what we were doing. You know, this was back before social media, so you couldn't just get the word out. So, right. so it was a small group of people that were that were gathered around. Uh, and then uh, whenever Leonard transitioned, it was a uh, unanimous decision to, to turn it over to my dad. Of course, back then there wasn't much to turn turn over. There was there was no money. There was no support. There was no you know, there was there wasn't much to, to, to have there. But uh but but the decision was made by him and by everybody else and that's that's where it was that's where the the uh transfer of power if you will was was yeah place, so. so you two have grown up in this disciple making ecosystem yes sir. and <laughs> been around it your whole lives mm-hmm. yeah yeah interesting so what is what does discipleship look like or disciple making look like within within the ministry um Two verses uh, that 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 come to really one primary one when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of it. Luke sixteen ten, he who can be faithful with that which is small can also be entrusted with that which is large. And so we take a guy that's you know strung out and and you know can't can't tie his shoes and we give him one very small thing to do, and then as he's faithful with that. We give him more. And then as he's faithful with that, we give him more. And as his responsibilities expand, his authority expands. And before you know it, over a process of time and the work of the Holy Spirit, he's able to manage not only his life, but able to, to uh, you know, lead his family, be a pillar in the community, um, and really take up a, a, a God-ordained position of authority in the earth as God created us mm-hmm. And a prime example of that is all of our other locations. Yeah. So as Lonnie mentioned, at six months, they have a, you know, they have a choice. Um, They can go into the workforce or they can join our AIM Academy. And so once someone graduates our AIM Academy, then they're in a position somewhere in there to, you know, then start a ministry somewhere else. And that's where all of our other locations have been birthed from is somebody who has graduated the program, graduated the AIM Academy and taken what they've learned and then gone and planted it somewhere else and started the whole process over with new disciples. Interesting. Okay, cool. And then Lana, you, you mentioned a second verse. What would be that second verse? The second verse. Now, now that I forgot what I was saying, uh, <laughs> it has, to, it has to do with diligence. Um, I don't remember what the, what the passage is, but faithfulness and diligence are the two things that we build on. Uh, mm. Faithfulness, you know, doing what's doing what's been given to you and staying faithful with that 
and then being diligent, which is going above and beyond and, you know, being consistent. Um, and so starting with the small things like a guy, you know, your only job is to, is to make sure your bed's made. And if you can, if you can get that done, then we'll, we'll, we'll expand you, uh, beyond that. And like, like I said before, I, I think I said it, uh, was just that our ministry is very personal. Um, we have a guy and a girl that live in the homes with the, with the residents that has been through the home, um, and is, you know, has a personal, you know, family like relationship with the leadership of the ministry. Um, and so it's been, we try to cultivate a family environment where, you know, my dad's kind of dad of the ministry, everybody calls him pops. Um, and so he's, he's, he's given direction and, and speaking into people's life, not just organizationally, but also personally. Um, he's, he's calling people up, you know, uh, giving them a word and what he feels like the Lord's saying, um, praying for people content. I mean, he's doing it all day, every day. Um, mm. and so, and so that, and then, and then you got kind of brother and sister here. Uh, we, we treat the people like, like there are, you know, like they're a family and some people adapt to it and some people don't, you know, mm. um, our success is measured by our obedience. And so as long as we're doing what God's told us to do, then, then we feel like we're, we're successful. Uh, we don't, we don't, of course we do numbers because donors want to know how many people we've served, but, but internally we're, we're not trying to shoot for the stars as far as numbers of people served. Um, we want, we want impact in people's lives and, uh, God can decide what that number is going to be. That's cool. So is there a, a pursuit of like this, here in the disciple making world, this idea behind multiplicative or reproducing disciples, like going long-term with somebody building relationship over an extended period of time to the point where they're ready to go out and make disciples themselves, this reproducing multiplicative model. Is that kind of what you guys are pursuing? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the driving factor. If we don't do that, then we're not, uh, there's a saying around here that says, if you're making disciples that can't make disciples, then you're not making disciples. Yeah. And so, uh, that's kind of the, that's kind of the idea. Be fruitful and multiply. Um, I mean, the, the, the parable of the, 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 the steward that gave the talent, he gave one, you know, gave all three of them a certain amount. And the one went and buried it. He didn't use it to, you know, to advance the kingdom. And so uh, we don't want to be the guy that goes and buries it. And we don't want to raise up disciples that are burying what God's given them. So mm. that's cool. Um, so what does what does partnership with other organizations and churches and, and the greater community look like for you guys? So a couple of different things. One I've mentioned already, which was, uh, you know, we've got other organizations that, you know, their mission doesn't do the things that our mission does. And so we we reach across the lines and, and we help people out as far as providing our resources uh, to, to them. And then, you know, being an avenue for, for those people. The, in Dallas, there's a lot of homeless ministries. Uh, there's a lot of churches that are out feeding the homeless. And having been in the, in the, in the, I don't know how else to say it, but having been in the game for so long, a lot of people know who we are and they know that we're a resource. They know that, you know, we're probably the hardest program in Dallas, but, they, and so if they find somebody that's really serious about getting change and doing something different, then they, they give us a call. Beyond that, uh, we offer uh, volunteer opportunities uh, to partner churches. Uh, 
if they've got you know a group of people that want to come out and volunteer uh, we've got several different avenues to do that one of the other things that we do that I didn't mention in the beginning was we have a community center that we uh, have spring break and summer camps for at-risk youth in the community and then during okay. the year during the year we have a after school program for at-risk kids here in the community and so those are volunteer opportunities for people uh, that want to do that uh, and then obviously we we, uh, we we have financial partners that are churches and ministries and uh, businesses uh, across the board that that support us so, okay just a few of the, the main ways yeah you mentioned uh, as you were sharing the that um, care center ministries is is the hardest program in Dallas is there a and you mentioned I think some one of you mentioned earlier the, the six month mark is there a period of time that somebody is with the organization or is that just completely dependent on that in any one individual and the Holy spirit and the work that that the Holy spirit is doing in that person. So we give, we give it, we give the, the time frames as handlebars is what I call it. It's okay. training wheels. Uh, you can't control when God's going to, you know, work in your life. You know, you can stay right. submitted and you can let God work. Uh, but, but he, he's the one that controls the clock. And so, because we're we're very interpersonal in our in our development and discipleship, uh, we're we're praying through you know as a leadership team when each individual is going to be ready, and we don't want to send somebody ahead of time, and we don't want to hold people back if they're ready to go. We want to you know send them on, um, and so so every individual is different, but usually around six months, somebody's you know really you know they've been through the they've been through the transition, and they're they're able to you know, maintain a healthy prayer life. They're able to get in the word and know what they're reading. They're able to handle responsibility of work. They're able to communicate with coworkers and with bosses. They're able to recognize what, you know, just basic life stuff, you know, they're, right. they're at the place where they're, they're ready for that. And so, so usually it's, it's around that time. So. Mm. That's really cool. Well, hey, I want to make sure that we take a, a moment for to hear from today's sponsor. So let's do that real quick. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion uh, on Care Center Ministries with Lonnie and Meredith. Are you looking to grow your ministry but don't have the money or marketing knowledge to make that happen? There's good news. Google offers an advertising grant to churches and ministries that is worth $10,000 per month. This means that if your ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit, you are eligible to receive $120,000 per year in free advertising dollars. This allows you to place ads at the top of Google search results pages and drive thousands of visitors to your ministry website every month. Our sponsor, Click Nonprofit, helps your ministry acquire this Google ad grant and then manages your Google ads to ensure you get the most out of the grant. Schedule a free consultation at clicknonprofit.com to learn more about how this grant can help your specific ministry. Mention the Ministry Growth Show when you sign up to get 20% off your first three months of management. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. We've been talking with Lonnie and Meredith of Care Center Ministries. Um, can you guys describe the role of mentorship and support groups and maybe go in a little bit more detail around this disciple-making stuff that you guys are doing, the models or strategies that you're using? Um and, and how that impacts 
people that are men and women are they're coming into your programs um, with life controlling issues? I would say that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's extremely important. We, we would call it discipleship as opposed to mentorship, but I guess they kind of have the same connotation. Um, and so from the very beginning, uh, the guy or the girl that's running the, the ministry is, is bringing people in to their life and, and doing life with them. Um, in the, in the practical work that they do throughout the day, it's not just, here's your job, go do it. It's, mm-hmm. here's your job. Let me show you how to do it. It's, you know, now you try it. Now I'm with you, helping you work through any complications you might have. Um, and so as far as one-on-one mentorship goes, that is um, extremely important. And that's at the base of everything that we do. Um, and then as far as group mentorship goes and, and group support, uh, we use a program called Overcomers, which is a, uh, 12-step program that is much like NA or AA, but it's Christ-centered. Uh, and in these groups, you got people, they're, they're obviously going through the program and working the steps, but they're also getting vulnerable with one another in a group and sharing experiences and sharing stories and, um, you know, just finding that, that healing together, you know, as a group. I know, you know, in my personal walk, you know, just having that that, that group support is, is huge, you know? Uh, mm. so, uh, yeah. So deal. accountability plays a crucial role in Absolutely. all this process. Yes, sir. And all of the leaders or mentors or disciple makers that you would call are people that have gone through the program. So there's, there's mm. not really any like outside help or anything like that. So every leader in the home that is pouring into somebody else has gone through it themselves you know, been proven, been faithful, like Lonnie said, faithful with the small, given more, given more, given more. And that's, that's how they get to the point where then they're, you know, discipling other people. And so mm. it's just a constant. And, and yeah, that, that training and equipping mentality that is, seems to be baked into a lot of disciple making models. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's hard too, for us, the struggle is, you know, the guy that's speaking into your life, or the girl that's speaking into a lady's life is might not have all her ducks in a row. You know, she might just be three steps ahead of you. Um, mm. and so, and so that's a complicated, you know, space to be in, uh, especially yeah. when, you're, when you're, when you're close and you're seeing, you know, you're trying to tell me to live like this, but I see you living like that, you know? Uh, and so there's a, there's some iron sharpening iron that happens there. Uh, and obviously there's, there's also, you know, uh, levels of, of leadership. And so there's accountability and oversight in those relationships to avoid, you know, abuse and those types of things. Um, and so, uh, it's, it's an interesting, uh, dynamic, uh, when you have, when you have people coming out of destruction and addiction and poverty coming into accountability and faithfulness and diligence. And, you know, um, it's, the, the, the mentorship, as you would call it, is definitely, it's definitely there. Mm. Do you find that, um, are you guys familiar with like David Watson or Curtis Sargent or I got a book on my desk here called Replicate by Robbie Gallaty. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all guys that Greg Ogden all use DMM or disciple making movement models or 
T4T or CPM. Have you are you recognizing any of those? There's two of them you said there at the end. I've heard of before, but none of the other ones. Okay, because it sounds a lot like what you guys are doing is very similar to a lot of those strategies and models that have that have um, been taught by some of those guys that I mentioned. So I just wondered if you guys were incorporating any any of that into into your process because it kind of sounds very similar. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Looks interesting. Looks very, uh, looks very similar. And in in the same way, what one of the things that you mentioned that kind of sparked that question was um, a lot of those models. Many times, the church looking in from the outside sees somebody who's just slightly ahead of the person that they might be discipling becomes a red flag almost for a lot of the church. But I think that you see that all throughout the disciples work, right? Like these are guys that are just slightly ahead of the person that they're discipling Mm -hmm. and not necessarily every single person in a leadership role is seminary trained or educated or, you know, that much further along than the person that they might be guiding or leading or discipling. So and it, it, kind of, it kind of hinders it, it. It gives a very clinical feel to the church. Like you come yeah. to the church and, uh, you know, you have marital problems. So you, you obviously you call up the marriage counselor and you have the mm-hmm. professional marriage counselor come in, diagnose your marriage, give you the prescription. You follow the prescription and everything's fixed. And mm-hmm. um just like if you got a head cold, you go to the doctor, you talk to the head cold doctor, they give you a pill, you know, and, and it's, it's kind of a, a very clinical way of doing ministry that uh, we, we try to avoid, you know, mm. uh, I've got, I mean, I've been to school and got, got my degree and everything, but, but it's, it's virtually useless in the sense of on the ground ministry because, mm. I'm, I'm wanting to, I want to, I want to be led by the spirit. I want to be, you know, I want to be in touch with people according to what God's saying in their lives and what they're going through. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't ever want to rely on, you know, what the book says. So yeah, complicated deal. It's very complicated. Well, and, and the model that you guys are following similar to a lot of these others that I mentioned is so much more relational. Yeah. Right. And, and relationship is just always messy. It just always is. Right. And so, um, that that's interesting hearing that from a pastor like yourself who, who recognizes that. And, um, that's cool. Hmm. Um, how does storytelling and testimony play a role in, in either your disciple making programs or your communication efforts or anything else that you guys are doing? It's, it's twofold. Number one, I always tell the the guys and the girls in the ministry, you know, your level of freedom is directly connected to your ability to talk about it. And so Mm. when you can can testify and you can say what God did, then you're free. Uh, And so we're, we're trying to lead people to this place where, they can boldly say what happened and that they have victory over it and that it no longer defines them and controls them. Uh, and so, and so the, the first element of storytelling is the benefit that it does for the people we're working with. That's number mm. one. And then number can two, can you, sorry to cut you off. Can you say that one more time? Cause that <laughs> statement that you just said, like, yeah. uh, I want to write that down and blast it out to, the church as a whole. 
the the level of your freedom is directly connected to your ability to talk about it. Ah, oh, I love that. And so, man, sorry to cut you off. That no, was, that's beautiful. You're good. I've I've uh, the Lord the Lord told me that one day, and uh, and and had me talk about things publicly that. I mean, a clinical psychologist would probably say I'm not ready to talk about, but I'm telling uh, you right now that when I spoke the words, the chains fell off and I saw the light and I'm delivered and I can talk about it to anybody and everybody. It's over. It's dead. It's in the grave. So um, it's it's the power of God. So, Have you ever heard of a guy named Dr. Kurt Thompson? I never have. He is, uh, he is a clinical psychologist, a Christian psychologist, and he talks about the power of story and testimony and how it can physically, like physically, there's science to support this, that it physically heals us. And so I think that what you just said speaks directly to that when we can testify, this is what Jesus has done. This is what I have, what, where I was and where I am now, this is the transformation that has taken place. And now that I can testify to that, it's done. It's over. It's complete. And now we can move on. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. That's beautiful. So, all right. Before we went on that, uh, that tangent, you were yeah. about to say something else. Sorry. The second, the second part is, um, is the, the, the way I look at it is accountability. Uh, when we, when we share someone's story on our testimonies on Facebook or one of our publication is obviously to let people know, you know, Hey, God's moving and the testimony of, what God's doing glorify God, and to glorify God. But, but on the mm-hmm. other side of that, it's letting people are letting our sponsors and our donors and people that are partnering with, with us in prayer and volunteering, letting them know that we are, you know, doing what God's called us to do. Um, that we are actively, you know, we're not over here taking vacations and going to Maui and, you know, just fluffing off. Like, like there are people being changed. I could go right now and go grab you somebody that, doesn't have a clean UA that, you know, is, is fresh off the streets and is loving Jesus and being transformed by the power of the gospel. And that that's important for us to, to have that connection to the newest person uh, and, 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 you know, continuing to, to, to bring that out. And so, so telling story, telling the stories to uh, the public is, 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 you know, um, really about accountability, partially, mm. partially about accountability. Interesting. And it's yeah, internal <clears throat> too for the next person. Yeah. You know, one person's story brings so much strength and hope to the next person that they might not have. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is, is testimony a part of the process within your groups and like your kind of group ability groups or your disciple making groups at the part of that program? Is it, Hey, let's, let's teach you and train you how to share your testimony. Cause what we find is that a lot of people say, yeah, I know that Jesus transformed my life, but I don't really know what to say or, or how to talk about that. Yeah, we, we do. We, it's, it's not in the curriculum per se. Uh, but whenever we see somebody that's, you know, advancing and doing good, you know, and we see that there may be a day where this guy's going to need to share his story, uh, then we'll pull him over to the side and, you know, teach them. I've got a, a simple uh, method, if you will, that you can share in an elevator ride. Uh, it's it's called keep it in the bag. It's where you've mm-hmm. been, where you're at, and where you're going. Uh, and you just share. You know, I was a 
was a hopeless dope fiend. I lived on the streets for 10 years and uh, Jesus saved me, brought me to care center. I'm being discipled. And one day I plan to go do X, Y, Z. Just real simple. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I took a look at your guys' website and some of your social platforms and found a handful of stories. And so obviously that is important aspect of what you guys do. So it's good to see because um, oftentimes what we see in the Christian nonprofit space or the church space is everybody's talking about their organization and their strategies and, and um, how great their organization is and come see our stuff. And there's little, not that those things are bad, but there's little testimony and storytelling of what God is doing. Yeah. And so it's encouraging to see that you guys are putting some of that content out there. Yes, um, and, and making sure, like one of the things that you said that um, stuck out to me in that last answer was <laughs> you're recognizing, you're looking at your the, the men and women going through your programs and recognizing, all right, this guy, this gal might be getting close to being in a place where they're ready to share their story. So can you talk about that a little bit? Like when recognizing when somebody's ready and prepared to share their story versus maybe sharing a story that's not quite finished yet and, and talking about what sharing that story before it might be ready. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a firm believer and don't share the story till it's, till it's ready. Uh, Mm. um, And so what we do is a lot of times we'll have them share it. You know, if we feel like they've, they're reaching some freedom and they're getting some, some deliverance in one-on-one and they can talk one-on-one, then we'll, you know, have a setting maybe in a group of guys where, you know, share the story that we were talking about, you know, and, and have them do it, do it on a small platform. Um, and then, uh, and then having them do it on a, on a bigger platform is just all about, you know, really it's the Holy spirit number one, you know, really having that, that sense of, you know, the, the Holy Spirit's leading in this direction. Um, Mm -hmm. and then number two is, you know, just having that personal connection with that person and just knowing, all right, I know this person and I know they're ready, you know? Mm. So once again, it goes back to personal connection. Yeah. Well, maybe can you share a little bit about that storytelling process for you guys where a lot of the stories, it seems like you're probably dealing with a lot of prior prior or pre-existing trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's m- maybe what you're talking about is some of these stories are just not ready to be told yet because we've got to deal with some of that stuff before we can testify. Yeah. Yeah. And so bringing some of that old stuff up can cause more damage than, than good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the, the root of the root word of testimony is test. And so we're, it's, it's been tested and it's been proven that that's exactly what God did. And so mm. we want to make sure that when somebody's telling their story that they have victory and that God has given them healing and that God has given them victory in that area. And mm. if in the event that he has, then let's testify. But if you're still mm. in the middle of it and it's not ready yet, then absolutely we guard that. We guard that voraciously. Is that a yeah. word? <laughs> well, and it goes back yeah. to the personal relationship because anybody that's in any sort of authority level here is going to have constant day-to-day contacts with these people. And mm-hmm. so the fruit is there. If there's, like Lonnie said, if there's victory, if there's freedom, we'll see it. I mean, it's evident. Mm. Anybody would be able to see it. And if it's not, then we see that as well. Mm. That's cool. 
the Revelation nineteen comes nineteen ten comes to mind. The the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. Like what what God has done in my life, He can do in your life too. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh. a that's a big part of storytelling here too. Is you know I tell the guys, you know I grew up in the ministry and then went to prison and acted an idiot for about ten or fifteen years, and I share that story with the guys not because I want to blow my horn of, Hey, I'm a bad guy. You know, I can relate but, to you too, but because, because God set me free and he can mm-hmm. set you free too, you know? And so, mm. you know, that's, it's part of the story. That's cool. That's right. Well, on that note, if people want to learn more about what you guys are doing, if churches in your area want to get a, um, on board and, and partner with you guys, how can they get a hold of you and learn more? Uh, is our website. And, uh, that'd be the, the best way. Just click on the connect button and, uh, it'll send an email to one of us and we'll, we'll respond and, and get you plugged in. Awesome. Can I pray for you guys as we wrap up? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Father, I just lift up Lonnie and Meredith uh, and the care center ministries team. Um, I pray that you would just continue to bless and, um, use this organization for your glory, uh, for your kingdom. Father, it's obvious that you're doing some really cool stuff. Uh, Thank you for their obedience to make disciples who make disciples, Lord. That primary mission that you gave before you ascended. And Lord, just thank you for their willingness to answer that call. And um, it's cool to see the the generational impact going on in this ministry too. Like that's, that's really exciting. Father, we just ask that you would give Lonnie and Meredith the guidance as they lead the team and um, that it would be a blessing to the men and women in these programs. Father, we love you and thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing. Uh, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 Bless Thanks you. for coming on the show, guys. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you. Yeah. We'll, Bye. we'll continue to pray over your ministry as well. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank so, you. Appreciate that. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ministry Grow Show. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other ministry directors and pastors, or know someone who would be an incredible guest on the Ministry Grow Show, let us know. We love connecting with ministry executives and sharing their wisdom and insight with our audience. Just send us an email at info at reliantcreative.org. And lastly, If you need help telling your ministry story, we would love to share how we can help in that process. Check out Reliant Creative at reliantcreative.org. See you next time.